Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This podcast is brought to you by Make Waves Media House. Make Waves Media House is a full-service video production company based out of Spokane, Washington, but does work all over the U.S., specializing in music video production, editing, director of photography services, motion graphics, and commercial work. With 20 years of experience behind the camera and celebrating seven years of business, Make Waves is here to create your high-quality videos at affordable prices. You can find them on Facebook now at Make Waves Media House, on Instagram at make.waves.mh or call them now at 509-991-3000. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208 467 7468. Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. We're committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit PacFi.com. P-A-C-F-I dot com. NMLS number 1462943 equal housing lender. Welcome to the Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs Podcast, a show about how to succeed in business while creating a balanced and healthy life. I'm Ashlyn Cubison, an entrepreneur who went from successful real estate broker to published author, all while running three businesses. And I'm Lindsay Young, the founder of Lindsay Lives Well, a holistic nutrition and lifestyle brand, NSCA strength and conditioning specialist, and ITN nutrition coach. If you're an ambitious dreamer, get ready for some simple and actionable strategies. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome to episode number three. In today's podcast episode, we are jumping in to talk about three of our top lifestyle organizational hacks. So Lindsay and I are both busy moms, and I know that many of you listening are running a business, maybe even multiple businesses, or you have a corporate job with a business on the side on top of maintaining your home, staying on top of your kids' schedules, all of their activities, keeping everybody fed, clothed, and bathed, all while working on your health. It is a lot. The list just goes on and on. So time is our most precious commodity and maximizing time at home is key to staying well organized. After all, time spent being disorganized is wasted time. And we want you to work smarter, not harder. 
Our last episode was all about time blocking, which is a major tool for being well organized with your time. So if you missed that episode, make sure you go back and listen. Okay, Lindsay, I'm so ready for this. Please kick us off. What's your lifestyle hack for organizing your life? Yes. Okay. So the first lifestyle hack that I have to share with you today is weekly planning sessions with a family calendar. Now, some people are team electronic calendar feel very strongly about that. (laughs) I find that people feel very passionate about their calendar system. Uh, And some people are team paper calendar. Either system works if you work the system. Consistency is key when it comes to keeping track of your family's schedule. I personally prefer an electronic calendar because I have clients who book their sessions in off of a link every single week. Um, I have a lot of recurring appointments. That would be just such a pain to write in week after week. And a lot of my appointments during the week have Zoom links attached to them. So it's just helpful for me to be able to pull up iCal and be able to just click right in. My husband and I also send a lot of appointments to each other. So for example, when I get Hudson's baseball schedule next week, I will plug in all of his games, the locations so that we both have maps to them. And then I just send them to his calendar so that we're on the same page. But now Ashlyn, I know I've seen you pull out a very nice looking paper calendar. So tell me about why you prefer that. So yes, I do use a paper planner, but then I also input it into my phone, which syncs to my computer, and I invite my husband to the task that he needs to be made aware of. I know that sounds terrible, but it's kind of funny because he and I could not be more opposite, not only when it comes to scheduling, but almost everything in life. Like he is incredibly successful, but he functions without a ton of organization. And that's like putting it nicely. So maintain to maintain my sanity and to eliminate arguing, I facilitated and implemented our system, which he gladly follows. Sounds like a very good marriage choice right there. <laughs> totally. In the beginning, we fought a little too much about how unorganized he was. Yeah, we're keeping the peace. We're keeping the peace. He's on a need to know basis. <laughs> Sorry, honey, if you're listening. <laughs> so, okay. So what I have found works really well for a lot of people with having that weekly planning session is making sure that you are, and you can time block this part into your calendar, is making sure that you're setting aside probably around 30 minutes once a week. I think Sundays, if you have a traditional kind of Monday through Friday schedule with kids in school or work, Sundays tend to be an ideal day to just kind of get a lot of things prepped and set for the week ahead. So I have this as a recurring appointment in my calendar every week where I take just 30 minutes and set it aside for this activity. And you wanna make sure that you do run the calendar by your spouse or your partner to make sure that you're not missing anything, right? And that you're both on the same page about you know who is taking who where. And I know that it's helpful for my husband. This is kind of something we've learned over the years as I've realized that he in fact is not a mind reader, <laughs> is that it's helpful for him to know my schedule a little bit so that he knows when my days are super crazy. And when I, you know, he kind of knows what he's walking into when he comes home from work and the days where I might need a little bit of a mental break. So it's helpful for us to just be on the same page and and 
for me to let him know like, okay, this is what I'm going to need a little bit of extra emotional support from you. And then every week I also schedule in my workouts too, so that those are appointments on my calendar that I won't miss. I treat those as appointments like I would a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment. It is in my calendar. So nothing else can be blocked out during that time. Because for me, that's such an important part of my mental and emotional and physical health. And then you also want to make sure that you're calculating drive time in and giving yourself margin in between meetings and activities. And I have learned that the hard way over the years that just because I see a white space on my calendar doesn't necessarily mean that I have to plug something else in there or that I can plug something else in there. That especially with the more kids that I've had and the more things that I've seen go wrong, I just have really grown to value that margin in between appointments so that there's space in case the unexpected pops up. And then you also wanna make sure that you're scheduling in your other aspects of self-care. You're scheduling time for chores around the house, grocery shopping. A lot of those things we talked about in the last episode with time blocking, this is where you're taking all of that into consideration and not just your own personal work things and your own personal self-care, but you're taking into account the entire family and making sure that everyone is on board. So much goodness in there. I mean, I totally agree with giving yourself margin. I really encourage everyone who's listening, you need to underestimate what you can get done. It's human nature. And I think maybe even more so for entrepreneurs or moms or business owners to overestimate what we can achieve in a 24 hour period. But it's so much better to have everything get done and you have extra time to spare than it is to feel like a failure because you have multiple tasks left over that just weren't completed because you're not as much as you want to believe it, you are not superwoman. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I look back at 2020 and I feel like I spent the majority of that year frustrated with myself for not being able to get more done in a day. I felt like every single day at the end of the day, I was left with a feeling of disappointment in myself. And it wasn't because I hadn't gotten anything done, but it was because I had unrealistic expectations every single day. And I had to have, you know, a big sit down talk with myself about, okay, like what is going to change here? Because the number of hours in a day that's not changing. And the number of things I can realistically get done, that's not changing. So unless I adjust my expectations, I'm going to continue to stew in this place of not feeling satisfied and not feeling content and not being able to appreciate what I have gotten done. So anyways, off on a little tangent. Well, there. I'm so happy you went off on that tangent because I feel like that connects with so many of our listeners. Just we get that sort of guilt. We get down on ourselves to really feel like we need to achieve it all, but we are not focusing on all of the amazing things that we did accomplish. So setting realistic expectations helps us not only to achieve what we set out to, but also to give ourselves credit and to recognize that we did do a lot in our day. So I this is perfect because this is going to lead us right into number two, which is to create a morning routine. And we're probably all aware of the mom's superpower power ability to get more done before 7 a.m. than some people do all day. We can kick into high gear and get everyone dressed, fed and out the door in record time if we need to. 
The way we begin our morning, though, it really dictates the tone of our entire day. And while we know we have this ability to rush around and get it all done, starting off our day feeling stressed and behind is not the kind of energy we want to carry into our day. So there is a flip side to this, though. I think we've also all experienced those mornings where we have no purpose or direction. And no, I'm not talking about your day off when you actually get to relax. I'm really talking about the days that are your work days, that you're trying to achieve something. And for me, I actually feel like this feeling is so much worse than being rushed around. I hate feeling like incompetent or useless or, I mean, those are some really bad words, but That is the truth right there. So what's the remedy for this? And I'm sure you already guessed it because I kind of already said it is to create a morning routine. And when I promote any kind of routine, really, I often have people who respond to me and they say, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Or I heard another podcast about that. But then I always ask them, like, well, are you consistently doing it? Are you implementing an effective morning routine? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... (laughs) I often have people come to me and they say that that's one of the things they know, quote unquote, they're like, I know I should be doing this, but I'm not. Um, And your morning routine, it sets the tone for your entire day. No matter how terrible yesterday was or how much you have to do today, the morning routine is your daily constant. And I like to kind of think of it as like you're totally 100% selfish ritual. I mean, selfish in a good way where there are fewer interruptions and you're in a little bit more control of that time. It's the time that you allocate towards yourself every single day. It helps keep you sane. It helps keep you anchored and happy and full of purpose. When I've studied different you know, successful people in all different areas of life, they all possess these similar habits and having a morning ritual or a morning routine is one of them. And I know that sometimes we feel too busy for a morning routine, but the fact is that the busier you get, the more you need one. Yes. And what I really love about starting my day with intention is it helps me overcome procrastination. I noticed I became a more positive, healthier person when I started a morning routine and it really just set me up to succeed each day. And you guys, my routine is really basic in comparison to Lindsay's. I mean, if you want a solid morning routine, please go to her Instagram because it's amazing. But this is Ashland here and mine is very basic, but yet I still experience so much benefit from it. And you know, studies have actually shown that creating and following a morning routine reduces stress, depression, anxiety. Um, hello, I need that in my life while raising levels of satisfaction. So you'll notice that the you'll feel more motivated, you'll feel like you're accomplished, and your to-do list will seem so much less daunting. When you use your morning routine to engage in some type of centering behavior like prayer or journal or a devotional or practicing visualization, you'll feel at peace with yourself and the rest of the world. Personally, 
I start each day with my devotional and a prayer, and it gives me like an inner calmness that really helps me get through the chaos and uncertainty of other areas of my life. I mean, hello, a mom to two boys and homeschooling. I got some chaos in my life. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, my morning routine has evolved a lot over the years. For a long time, I literally spent five minutes on three different things, and it was a 15 minute morning routine, especially in those days when I had, you know, babies that I was getting up to know nurse and you know how little kids are. It's like they hear you wake up and they are awake too. So (laughs) I don't ever want someone to be intimidated by the morning routine I have now because it's taken a long time to get there. And I have a lot of sympathy for people being at different stages in their life. But studies have shown that mornings are also when people tend to be the most proactive and the most productive. And this means that you have an easier time heading off problems while also getting more done at the same time. Morning rituals help you start your day with structure. They give you direction and they also allow you some lack of structure towards the end of your day without feeling guilty about it since you've already accomplished things you've set out to do in the earlier hours of the morning. That's kind of one of the things that I like about it is that then later you can be a little more relaxed because you're like, look at what I got done earlier. Um, There's a quote by Hal Elrod that I just love so much. And he says, how you wake up each day and your morning routine or lack thereof dramatically affects your levels of success in every single area of your life. Focused, productive, successful mornings generate focused, productive, successful days, which inevitably create a successful life. In the same way that unfocused, unproductive, and mediocre mornings generate unfocused, unproductive, and mediocre days, and ultimately a mediocre quality of life. By simply changing the way you wake up in the morning, you can transform any area of your life faster than you ever thought possible. Wow, that was so good. We need to link that in the show notes so at least you can see it because that's actually the first time I've ever heard that quote and I love it. So let's get into what to avoid in your morning. Okay, now this is going to be a hard list. It's short, but you're going to feel like, Ashlyn, you are attacking me right now. And I swear I'm not. I've just done it too. So one, you need to avoid hitting that snooze button. If you set yourself up to wake up at a specific time and it's a realistic goal for yourself, then don't hit snooze. Next, checking your email. I know we right away, we want to grab our phone. Maybe I'm talking just to myself, but I know I want to grab my phone. I want to check that email. I want to see what I need to get back to. Rush, 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 rush. Don't check your email, please. And then number three, social media. So I've actually taken it a little bit step farther on social media. And I am currently working on creating a new habit to not check my social until after 10.30 a.m. I'm sad to admit it's kind of been challenging, but wow, my mind is so much more clear and focused by delaying my time on social. I admire you so much for that habit. I (laughs) am not quite ready to undertake that. And I just can really see how your mornings would be different if you were not exposing yourself to social media. So I might have to think on that one. But one of the things I tell my clients is that when they, if if you hit the snooze button in the morning to imagine themselves as they hit that snooze button saying, my goals don't matter. (laughs) And that seems to be a powerful visualization. So good. Oh my Uh, gosh. I'm going to see if like Paul, my husband will like that one or not. Maybe he'll stop hitting snooze. (laughs) Man, I was a chronic snoozer for 
forever. Like if I can, if I can quit hitting the snooze button, I really believe anyone can. But okay, let's talk about how to begin. Let's talk about what you want to do with that time of the day. So I think it's important that you decide ahead of time what you want to do inside of your morning routine. Don't decide once, you know, once you're awake, you've got to have that figured out ahead of time and start small. Know what time you need to get up in order to have a morning that isn't rushed and allows you some margin. And you want to baby step your way back to waking up earlier if you need more time. And like I said before, I mean, I used to be a chronic snoozer and I would literally wait until the last second that I had to get out of bed and I would rush to eat breakfast and rush to get dressed and my whole morning was just terrible. So <laughs> really being realistic and having that adult conversation, like what time do I really need to get up in order to have a, mor- a morning that isn't rushed, I think is really important. And then some of the most effective success creating activities for the morning that you can implement are making sure that you're hydrating first thing in the morning. This is the nutrition coach coming out and telling you that when you are respirating, you're breathing all night long, you are losing water. So we all wake up in a dehydrated state. So hydration needs to be part of your morning routine. If you can implement implement a morning detox drink as well, that's fabulous. But some other ideas with things that you can do with your morning time would be meditation, gratitude, reflection, prayer, journaling, exercise, reading, making your bed, taking vitamins, eating a healthy breakfast with protein, healthy fats, fiber, and color, doing a morning skincare routine, even giving yourself the gift of getting ready and not being rushed and being able to feel good about how you're going into your day as opposed to like putting on your mascara while you're driving on the freeway, which I would see a lot of people doing in Southern California, (laughs) in Los Angeles traffic. And I would always be like, what is happening in your morning that you're putting your mascara on in the car? But maybe that's a little judgy of me. I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, we should have run those notes by each other before. (laughs) Okay, so Ashlyn, what has worked well for you with your morning routine? Or what have you tried that hasn't worked so well? Okay, so I'm trying to just absorb all that real quick. But for me, I love like a slower paced morning. So I do keep it really simple. I, you know, I feel like I got burnt out possibly. I used to work in Orange County and I would have to get up at before 4 a.m., like 3.30, get up, get ready, face the 91 traffic and get into work. So I did that for quite a few years and I had to like rush. And I was that person who did not have both mascara eyes on yet. (laughs) But so now as I'm older and have a family, I love to keep it simple with a slow paced morning. And I've learned that about myself after I would feel like really motivated and inspired hearing other people's morning routines and I would see how much they would get done and I would have a little bit of like envy I'd be like oh man I really want that in my life I want to accomplish more but I ended up exhausted and burnt out and I didn't always start my next day with peace. So I found that for me, what really works is I have a solid nightly routine, which sets me up for the next morning and it helps me whatever I can prep the night before makes my my morning routine so much smoother and easier. So for me, I just love to wake up with a devotional, a prayer, I get up. I get breakfast started before the house is up. I am one of those people who like my feet are on the floor and I'm like, my belly's grumbling. I know. So I'm not, you know, the intermittent faster person, but 
that is really just my morning routine is just making sure I have some time for myself, some calmness, nobody else in the house is awake. And then I start and getting breakfast ready. Yeah. And I think that that really just goes to show that it's not always uh, having a morning routine doesn't necessarily mean you have to be super productive and check a whole bunch of things off your list. It's really just about being intentional and starting the day with intention and on purpose. So, um, okay, we're going to jump into number three. Our lifestyle hack number three is meal planning. And I have to say that meal planning is the biggest time and energy saver for me every single week. And anytime you see an area in your life where you're making the same decision multiple times, that is an indicator that you can batch those decisions and only make them once. So for meal planning, instead of deciding every single night what your family is eating for dinner, plan your meals all at once. Like on Sunday or on Saturday, decide what you're going to eat for dinner every single night. That way you can do one grocery shop, make sure you have all the ingredients you need, and then all you have to do is execute the plan that you've already made. Oh my gosh. Yes, Lindsay. Okay, hold on a second, because I'm going to grab my notepad because you're the pro in this area and I need help. Help me, please avoid the dreadful question. Honey, what's for dinner tonight? (laughs) I don't like it. Uh, Yeah. And if you're an entrepreneur, you understand how important your energy is and how much really hinges on you feeling your best and showing up as your best every single day. So many of the women I work with think about their own nourishment last. It is last on the list. It is more of an afterthought than something that they intentionally plan for every day. And I know that you ladies listening to this podcast, you are juggling so many balls in the air and so many things are counting on you being well and being at the top of your game. So the food that you eat, the way you're nourishing your body, it needs to be a top priority. Creating a meal plan is the simplest way to make sure that this happens every day. Oh my gosh, I feel like you are talking to me right now, Lindsay, and full confession here. This is a habit that I, I really want to be consistent in. And yet sometimes when like the overwhelm is super strong, I, I just neglect it. And I know Part of it for me is I'm like, okay, this is something I can delegate. Like when my, when my day is super chaotic, I'm like, I can't, I can delegate this. I can order food out, but here's the thing. I'm like rarely satisfied ordering in or eating out. I, I actually really love to cook and I love eating healthy and, you know, well-balanced meals. I feel so much better about myself. And so when I don't stick to the meal planning, I actually feel really sluggish and I get frustrated and my food just isn't as good or I get super irritated with my kids because if they complain or they don't finish their food when I just spent like three times the amount on what it would have cost me to make their food, I just feel really frustrated. So how can you help me? Yes. (laughs) So, and I understand that sometimes committing to seven days at a time is just too much for some people. So for those people, I recommend starting with at least three days at a time, like just plan three days out and that'll help get you into a rhythm and it also gives you the opportunity to reassess every few days. So make sure you put it in your calendar, like have that reminder pop up on Sunday to plan for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then have another alert that pops up on Wednesday to remind you to plan for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, That way you don't forget and you don't fall back into those 
those habits, right? Because we all have the habits and routines that we'll just kind of fall back into. And then before you know it, you're just taking it day by day again. I'm so happy you said that though, because what a light bulb in my head right now, because I'm like, I always try for the seven days. I'm like one of those people like, I can do it. I can achieve all of it. But then I fail and I do this in other areas of my life. Like I know to scale back, but I'm really happy you brought it up because (laughs) now I'm going to be just three days to start. And that is so doable. Yeah, totally. Just be a three-day planner. (laughs) (laughs) Meal planning, I mean, it also, it saves you so much time overall throughout your week. Um, I have some clients who, when they start working with me, they're telling me, um, you know, I go to the store three, four, five times a week because I don't have a plan. And every single day they're deciding what's for dinner. And then they have to run out and get those ingredients every single day. So I have kind of a a six step process here that I can share with you for just kind of getting started. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) So the first step is to consult your calendar. You've got to take a look at your calendar and know what your week looks like. What are those nights where you are rushing home from soccer practice at 630 and dinner needs to be in the slow cooker? Or what are the nights where you have a little bit more time and maybe you could make two meals so that you've got one for later on in the week? So you've got to have a good handle on your calendar so you know exactly what's coming up ahead and what to plan for. The second step would be to pick out recipes. (laughs) You've got to have those things decided ahead of time. That way you're not wasting time throughout the week. And it's not that these have to be Pinterest worthy or fancy, but at least know what those things are that you're going to make. And then third is to, obviously, you've got to shop. You've got to get those ingredients or you've got to place your orders online to make sure that then when Wednesday hits, you've got the things that you're planning to make. Then step four is to make sure that your food is put away so that it's well organized. Make sure that it's easy to access. And a little nutritionist tip here is to make sure that your healthy food is what you see when you open your refrigerator or when you look in your pantry. When you open your fridge and you see the carrot sticks and the hummus and the avocado and the apples and you're in a rush and need to grab something, that's what you're going to grab. But when you open your fridge and you see, you know, chocolate chip cookies right there. If people keep cookies in the fridge, I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? When you op- when you look at your pantry or your fridge, make sure that what you see is, is healthy and that that's what's the most easy to access. Um, and then also just make sure like I put the groceries that I'm going to be cooking towards the end of the week. I put those in the back and the things that I'm going to be cooking earlier in the week in the front. So it just saves me those little bits of time throughout the week. And then number five would be take advantage of the time that you have in the kitchen to batch cook. Like when I'm cooking dinner, I will often also chop up another, you know, thing of cauliflower and broccoli to pop in the oven when dinner comes out. So we sit down to eat and I've got another batch of veggies roasting. So we finish dinner, that extra batch of veggies is done roasting. It's one cleanup and I have a big old container of veggies in the fridge for another night. Or if I'm going to roast one chicken for dinner, might as well roast two and then have a whole nother chicken that we can repurpose and use for tacos the next night or something like that. So not necessarily having to set aside. I know not everyone wants to spend like five hours on Sunday cooking all their meals for the week, but just be intentional about the time that you are already spending in the kitchen. And then number six would be take some notes and take inventory of what works and what doesn't work. I mean, I think you're going to notice that as a recurring theme throughout this podcast that we've got to make space for reflection and for actually assessing what's working, what's not, 
and not giving up on something just because it doesn't work the first time because we're learning as we go. And when we commit to all these different habits and practices, we're going to get better over time. So um, I also have a meal planning toolkit that I think if any of this, this last segment here, if you've got light bulbs going off like Ashlyn does, <laughs> I have a meal planning toolkit that I'll link in the show notes here that no matter if you are brand new to meal planning and don't meal plan at all, or if you feel like you're a seasoned pro, I think no matter who you are and where you fall on that spectrum, this is a really great tool for you. And then I've also got a meal planning course that is coming up in the next couple months. So I will make sure on the podcast to mention that as well. If you feel like you need a little extra help in this area. It's for me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for this course. I'm like, can I have it now, Lindsay? (laughs) Oh, so yeah. So those are our three lifestyle hacks for living an organized life. We've got weekly planning sessions with family calendar create a morning routine and weekly meal planning and we would love to hear from you on this so find us on social and tell us a lifestyle hack that has changed your life thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time see you next time purpose powered entrepreneurs is brought to you by coffee and supply co Looking for a new coffee experience? Try Coffee and Supply Co. located in Eagle, Idaho. It's family owned and features a pour over bar, a unique bites menu, including vegan and gluten free options, all locally sourced. Mention Speak Boise and receive 10% off any food and beverage. Visit coffeeandsupplyco.com or follow them at Coffee and Supply Co. Need help growing your business? It's what you don't know that will cost you. Tulu Peer Advisory Group is here for every stage of business growth. Find out more at T-A-L-L-O-O.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you subscribe and take just 30 seconds out of your day to leave us a positive review. Come say hi over on Instagram at Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs, and you can find Lindsay at lindsay.lives.well and Ashlyn at Ashlyn Cubison.